Hello, welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. Our guest is Professor Martha Hijar. Martha was trained in public health at the National Institute of Public Health in Mexico. She is the former director of the Mexico PAHO WHO Collaborating Centre for Research on Injuries and Violence. She was co-founder of the Entornos Foundation and former director of the National Council for Injury Prevention of the Ministry of Health of Mexico. Martha is member of the National System of Researchers and also of the National Academy of Medicine in Mexico. In 2016, she received the Gerardo Barella Award for her work in public health field. She was the organizer of the World Injury Prevention Conference in Mexico in 2008. She's currently working as the senior researcher at the National Institute of Public Health in Mexico and with great generosity joins us today to chat about her career. Martha, the first question I'd like to put to you is about language. We've talked previously about the role of language in the communication of science. And I should draw attention to the fact that as someone whose first language is Spanish, you're an associate editor of an English language journal, albeit one that is international in its audience and scope. Would you be able to talk for a few minutes about how you understand the the challenges that the journal faces and that science in general faces in trying to conduct uh, cutting edge science that can be communicated throughout the globe? Well, I think that language has been a big challenge, not only for me, but for many colleagues. Uh, Because when you learn English, you learn English to speak, to read, but not to write. And, and the, the uh, challenge is to, to write a good paper. I, my feelings is that uh, sometimes the people who review papers not good written or uh, reject the, the papers. And uh, most of the time uh, we decided to publish in our own language, no matter the limited of the audience that these uh, uh, journals has and um, my experience is that uh, sometimes they don't send uh, papers for me to review because my English, <laughs> my level of English. And, and you know, it, it's a dual situation because uh, if you want to, co- to share your uh, um, research findings with the colleagues around the world, uh, you cannot do most uh, in the way that you wanted to do, uh, and this is limited. That's why I publish in Saúde Pública do Brasil because on, on this uh, way I, I assure that um, all my colleagues of Latin America can read uh, the results of research that uh, we have been done in at the National Institute of Public Health. And I think that is a challenge for you as, a, as an editor of injury prevention. I think that in all my career, I have five papers published on this journal. And I can understand that uh, the barriers you've just identified would really restrict the flow of information and knowledge across the world, uh, and reduce the pool of science that uh, our journal can have access to, for example. Yes. You're, you're currently senior researcher in the National Institute of Public Health in Mexico. Is that right? Yes, I am. I am um, a senior researcher since uh, almost 32 years. 
at the National Institute. I leave the, the Institute um, uh, six years ago to take a, a responsibility in the federal government in Mexico. I was the, I am the former director, general director of the National Council for Injury Prevention, that it was a very good experience, but frustrating experience for me too, because um, the, um, sometimes the knowledge doesn't move the budget and, and uh, you need to fight a lot uh, for resources to do what do you know what we need to do in our in your country? Well, it was a good experience, but at the end, uh, last year, I returned to the National Institute uh, to work again as a professor. And uh, well, uh, I continue working with the, the group of professors and colleagues that are developing the injury research line at the National Institute. Martha, I'm going to ask you and explore your current research in a little more detail in a few minutes, but you did raise a wonderful point there that I'd like to pursue if I could. You talked about uh, the idea of what we know needs to be done and the challenges of moving that into practice uh, and that you moved across into a more applied area, working for government for a while. I'm guessing that was in order to encourage the translation of knowledge. Was that right? Was that the reason you moved? Yes, uh, that was the reason why I accept this position at the federal government. And um, it was, um, well, it was exciting. And I, and I do whatever I could do, not all that we can do. And, um, and well, it's easy to think that all the uh, experience in and the uh, results of research and the knowledge and everything you can put in place when you are on these positions, but it's not easy. Right. You've made a few other transitions in your career. I'm just wondering if we can explore a little bit where you started and how you sort of have progressed through various different topic areas, I understand, and different places throughout your 32-year uh, history. Yes, I, I has been moving. From, I start with the injury uh, uh, research uh, at the injury research area when I was work after the earthquake of Mexico City in 1985. I was responsible of the research area on the institution uh, on charge of the medical care of the older city. And I start um, studying there the uh, information systems, immortality by injuries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and uh, the first um, research uh, um, that I has been done was related with childhood injuries. That it was a huge problem, but at that moment, we I was in, uh, in at, at that institution. There were twelve uh, pediatrics hospitals where we receive a lot of injured uh, children. And that's why I start with this, on this area. After that, I move it for road traffic injuries as a huge problem in Mexico and around the world. And, but doing uh, interventions, I think that I start uh, uh, from back to the front <laughs> because uh, I, I start applying intervention. And, uh, but at the same time, as I was um, 
um, director of the collaborating center of WHO on research on injury for the National Institute of Public Health. We uh, developed the, um, the line, research line on domestic violence and children violence. And uh, I have many papers published on this area too, homicide, suicide. And at the end, uh, I finish with a program that now is putting in place in all the 32 states of the countries to re-educate to perpetrators to reduce the problem of the domestic violence. And uh, that's why when you ask me about the papers, uh, it was very difficult, you can, <laughs> you can imagine. But at the end, I decided to uh, share with you on this podcast uh, the papers that I have been publishing, road traffic injuries, that is, uh, at the end, is a line that I have been developing more in, in my career. Right. So what was the, the seminal paper, or the first uh, example of, that you'd like to share with us of other people's work that you drew upon when you were starting off in road safety? Okay, well, the seminal paper was the paper from Susan Baker, which is a woman that I admire a lot, uh, about childhood injuries, the community approach to prevention. And that was one of the papers that uh, moves me more to understand what uh, injury means and uh, that injuries are not accidents you know, in, in, it's, it's not easy to translate the word injury in Spanish. In Spanish, it means many things different than in English. And uh, injury is a word that used by the clinicians to talk a hard injury, but, not, but as a hard failure, not as an injury. And, and uh, well, first, this paper helped me to understand and to convince to everybody that we need to move to use the concept of injury, not accident, and what means the passive measure uh, against for active measures for prevention and and behavior and changes uh, changes of behavior, but but uh, is not more important than changes on safety in place. No, to have a safe. Uh, uh, environments for children, for young people, for everybody. And I am very grateful with Susan for Open My Eyes and, and, and it's a paper from 1981. And I start my job in 1984. So it was very current. Could you explore a little bit more about the, the language uh, and the, the various words that people use for injury? And you were talking about there not being a direct translation in the same, um, with the same meaning for injury in Spanish. Is, is there a, a word that was conventionally used in Spanish to capture the, uh, the accident event? Okay, uh, as, as I told you, I am the former general director of the National Council of Accident Prevention, not injury prevention. And because he, uh, if I say injury prevention, injury in Spanish is lesión. Um, and uh, if I said lesión, the people doesn't know what, I, what means this word. It's not related with accident. It's not related with unintentional or intentional injuries. 
And that's why you need, in, and we continue using the uh, word accident in some uh, ways and in many places just to convince the people and to, and to that the people need to understand what we are talking about. They understand now, I think, uh, that accidents are preventable and are, 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 are expected if you don't do this or that. But it, we cannot leave out of the vocabulary in Spanish the word accident and use, use lesion because, um, as I told you, the, the uh, uh, cardiologists use uh, lesion del corazón it's not meet injuries in the heart, and but the word is the same, and 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 that's why we continue using the the word accident. And but the people understand that are preventable now. But it, in Spanish, we need to continue using this word. I think that now they understand that it's a clear uh, work and and in, in prevention for accident prevention. Thank you. So that um, perhaps could bring us on to one of your second papers you've suggested you'd like to talk about. This is one written by yourself in Spanish. Yes, it's a, it's a paper who has the results of a very interesting research, not because I am saying, <laughs> and, but uh, uh, it was um, a study who gives me the opportunity to measure changes on the highway, the most uh, dangerous highway in, in near of Cuernavaca is the, the highway that connects Mexico City to Cuernavaca at almost 50 kilometers the, the, of a long uh, highway, a very important highway. My, my research question was why uh, in some accidents, events, um, some people is injured and some other not? and the severity of injuries. What, how can I explain that this event that occurs here is more dangerous than this event that occurs 50 uh, meters uh, after or before? And I, I did uh, a research uh, 24 hours around by six months uh, in an ambulance uh, taking the information of all accidents that happen on this highway it was the first time that I used the alcohol sensor and where I learned that the alcohol sensor doesn't work at low temperature and a high latitude of uh, uh, above sea level. And um, well, after the first study, we did that in 1994, and we have the chance to repeat this study two years after but in the middle, we done changes on the highway, but only in the infrastructure, uh, designing better uh, lighting and putting all the signals uh, clear for the drivers, and um, you know all changes to make more safe uh, the highway. And the results, two years after was uh, doing the same, the same period, six months, the same interviewers, uh, the same um, questionnaire, everything. Uh, we found a decrease of 50% of the severity of injuries only with changes in the road. The same alcohol intake, the same age, size of vehicle, etc., etc. And that's why I say that it was 
a very interesting um, research and it's very important paper for me. And, and you know, many people knows me in Mexico by the changes on this highway. And I say, it, Marta I had saved our life doing this and this. That's a wonderful example of a number of things, but in particular, something that you said earlier on in this conversation about the challenges of getting good science across uh, language and national borders, because that information you came up with then is still contentious around the world at the moment, the extent to which road crashes are behaviour induced, and if you just need to get people to drive better, they'll crash less, whereas you demonstrated dramatic change. And the other thing you noted there was the value of mentorship, I suppose. Yes. In the early part of your career, you worked with somebody with great experience. Well, um, yes, I, I think that the, the help and support and the mentorship of uh, Jess Kraus was very important for me because um, he came to Mexico, he came to the National Institute of Public Health to look for someone else that he knows that has been working on injuries. And, and he found me and he helped me uh, in, in many ways, including the, the center um, of the University of California gives me a seminar uh, budget for to do a first uh, research in doing uh, case control studies. And, but if you, you see all the papers that I have been published, the first 20 I wrote alone by myself. But after that, I start, the first paper that I published in English was with Jess Krauss. We don't speak English like you, like you speak. We don't write English like you don't. And, and, and we need a little, a little help to, to contribute with our knowledge. But all this mentorship of the two of them, for Susan and after with Jess Krauss, was very important in my career as a researcher on injuries. And with the, the methods you've used have developed over the years as well. The final paper that you've introduced into the session here today is one that uses a multi-method approach and was published in Social Science and Medicine in 2003. This is a paper that I, that I published as a result of a part of my PhD thesis that i done in Mexico City uh, in relation with uh, pedestrian injuries. And it was the first time that I used um, a multi-method approach to try to understand what, what's going on with the pedestrian injury problems in a city, in an urban area as Mexico City. And um, um, uh, before this uh, paper, I have the uh, all, almost all my paper, papers were using the epidemiological approach or cost analysis approach, but uh, it was, this was the first time that I used a qualitative uh, techniques. I, I, of course, I done um, a cross-sectional um, analysis of mortality in, the, in Mexico City, and after I put this in a GIS, to know what happened in what specific uh, areas in different um, uh, spaces to know and to go into the places where is going on the the problem where is located because we it is it happens around the city but 
are, are very specific places and where uh, the concentration of cases are more important. After that, um, I, I, uh, I, I made an observational analysis of these different points where they are concentrating all these cases. And after that, I went to uh, using um, in-deep interviews for people who has been hit by a car that were in a hospital to know why do they think that happened this to them and what, do, what are their feelings? What do they think if they can think that they can be prevent or not the event? And on, on, this, on this paper, I include too that um, I think that, that in, in, in a naive way, I thought that I can interview drivers that has been hidden uh, pedestrian. And, and what did I found was the drivers doesn't want to talk about this. Um, and I publish in social science and medicine because in many journals, uh, injury journals, they don't want to hear about qualitative approaches. And at that moment, when I published this in 2003, and when and it's and social science and, and medicine, it has the possibility to to put together all this kind of uh, appro uh, this 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 approach. And I publish in English, thanks to James Trostel, is one of the co-authors. And where do you think the real value of using the different methodology lies? Because you were saying a few minutes ago about difficulty getting science into practice. Um, is it because we're not spending enough time understanding the context around some of the science? Yes, I, I think that the, the social determinants of the problem of injuries is very important and around the world, but more in, in countries like mine. I think that this study uh, gives me the chance to know uh, that the 90% of uh, people who has uh, been um, uh, hit by a car never has been driven a car. They don't know the rules of the space where they move. Why the people go uh, uh, above the 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 bridge uh, because they has fear uh, uh, to use the bridge. They cannot use it. They are older. They are uh, having um, weight. They are young people. They are, are many reasons why the people doesn't use it. People who came from the rural areas to the city, is um, it has a huge risk to be uh, hit by a car. And, and, and to know how, help me to, to know how this concentration of cases in some specific areas, most of them close to uh, pedestrian bridges. And that, I couldn't do that only with epidemiologic mm. analysis. It doesn't give me more information on what can I do to avoid this. Thank you, Martha. It's been an absolutely fascinating conversation. We covered a, a wide range of things and we actually came up with an answer at the end. So I, I think we've done well today.
Thank you very much for your time this morning. It was very nice to talk with you, Rob. Our guest was Professor Martha Hajar, Senior Researcher at the National Institute of Public Health in Mexico. For those of you who would like to explore these topics further, please do visit our website at injuryprevention.bmj.com. Thank you.